Back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast, where on this week's episode, we will start and look at three NBA trades that took place before the deadline, and we'll give you my opinions on how they went, give you grades, and more importantly, what I think this means moving forward for each of the teams involved. So there's two deals that involve Indiana, so we're going to go with our third deal, which is involving the uh, New Orleans Pelicans and the Portland Trailblazers in a very uh, big trade for a multitude of reasons. And we're going to look at that right now. Um, And so basically um, there were rumors of a whole host of players that could be moved uh, out of Portland. And we saw Norm Powell and Robert Covington get traded. And we now see C.J. McCollum get traded. So the details on this one, which are as follows. Portland Trailblazers are trading away C.J. McCollum, as well as Larry Nance uh, Jr. and Tony Schnell in exchange for Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Thomas Sadoransky, Marcos Luis Silva, two second-round picks in the future, and a first-round pick, which is protected um, and I believe that it is protected 4 through 15. Once it gets out of the lottery, it becomes Charlotte's pick from a previous deal, and eventually, if that's the case, then the pick moves to a future first. So I think eventually it will be a first-round pick going to the um, Portland Trailblazers. So I want to start with grades on both sides. So for the Portland deal and for New Orleans. So Portland is getting a C for me. And I think that the trade itself is not the worst trade in the world. But what I believe is this is something that could have major effects on Damian Lillard and the team and the situation. Now, I wouldn't say it's a bad trade. But what I will say is that it could have pushed Damian Lillard over the edge and he could want out, right? The last two trades that Portland made, they traded away veterans and brought in younger players and draft picks, which I don't know if Dame wants to do that. Yes, the um, the organization and Joe Cronin has said that we're building around Damian Lillard. We made these moves to have cap space to build around Damian Lillard. And at the time, maybe he's okay with that. But you got to figure if this season's a punted season... You're going to be a top 10 team lottery pick wise. You're going to have multiple draft picks to throw around. I just don't see any reason why Damian Lillard would want to stick around here. Yes, Simmons or Simons is going to be your future. And he's going to probably be the future backcourt mate of Damian Lillard if Dame's still there. But I just don't see this deal really working for them. It gets a C because the trade itself is not bad value for CJ McCollum and Larry Nance Jr. But... The impact it has for Damian Lillard and everything involved, it's its a good deal. And I honestly think that it's not the worst in the world. And I think that for Portland, the players could be important pieces. I think, you know, there's a chance that when it's all said and done, Josh Hart could be on the move again if another team wants to take on his uh, salary and his contract. And maybe Portland gets another first-round pick or somebody else in a deal. And so don't be expected to see him 100% stick around. But if he does, he's a good wing. He's a good small forward. He's a good sort of shooter and scorer. And, you know, I think uh, Alexander Walker is 
a young piece with a lot of upside and has, um, you know, so much that he can offer to your team. And so the package itself is a pretty solid one for Portland, but the implications it has for Damian Lillard, that's the biggest issue I have. So moving forward, we're going to have to watch the Damian Lillard situation because while I don't think he's unhappy at the moment because if the team says, hey, we're going to try and build around you, that's great. But C.J. McCollum was his backcourt mate from 2013 to today, and now it's done, and it's tough to watch, and maybe things will change in the offseason. It seems like right now he's on board with what's going on, but you didn't really pick a head coach that was a head coach that fit with what he wanted. You know, he wanted Jason Kidd. And obviously the team's not going to pick Jason Kidd solely because Damian Lillard says, I want Jason Kidd. They picked Chauncey Billups. He's a point guard. He's a good player. And a good assistant coach in uh, Los Angeles with the Clippers was an analyst. He has experience, and obviously Damian Lillard wants to learn and learn from someone who's a decent point guard uh, in his day who was a champion and knows success. And so obviously it's not the worst head coaching situation, but... If you're not going to include him, that's going to give him sort of a negative sort of attitude about the situation. And then now trading these players away, maybe it's a different uh, attitude in the offseason where Damian Lillard is more like, yeah, this is good, but it's not for me. I don't want to be here anymore. So there's a lot of connotations that could come from this. And I think, you know, at this point, Damian Lillard's fine with the trade because he doesn't want to ruin this situation and say something he shouldn't. But... Maybe on the inside, he's talking to his agent, and he's talking to his family, and he's not really as happy with what happened as many would think. And obviously this offseason, Portland can go out there with enough cap space. They have like a $21 million trade exception. They got $60 million to spend. That's a lot, right? So you could, in theory, take Jeremy a Grant in a trade, and you could add somebody who's a great shooting guard like Zach Levine or another top-tier James Harden-type guy, and $40 million, and you're good to go. So I think Portland's made themselves sort of clear on what they want to do. The only thing they have to do now is hope that Damian Lillard wants to stay, and more importantly, hope that when it does happen, they put him in the decision-making process just a little bit, because you open up all this cap space and say, hey, we're building for you, building around you, and then you're like, yeah, this is what we're doing, and Dame's like, well, where was my input? then you're going to have a big problem and he's going to not want to be here even more. So, yeah, that's that. The side of New Orleans, I give this a straight A. This is an A trade. This is as good of a trade as you can get for them. Did they give up a lot in terms of young players? Kind of. I mean, Josh Hart's a good role player. I think Neil Keel Alexander-Walker is a good young player as well. But you're basically swapping out Walker for uh, CJ McCollum you know, backcourt for backcourt situation. And I think CJ gives you more firepower. And you have Devontae Graham, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Zion, and Jonas Valanciunas with players on the bench. That's a good situation, right? You have now Josh Hart gone. You got Sadoransky gone. You have, you know, Tony Schnell, who's a pretty decent, you know, shooter and a good free throw shooter. You have um, other players coming in in Larry Nance Jr., who's you know, a decent role player and can help your team off the bench as sort of a backup center or power forward or what have you. And so to me, this is an A trade for New Orleans. I don't think they really could have done any better. And giving up a first round pick, you know, you're going to have a ton of first round picks already just from the Lakers deal 
for AD, and you have the Milwaukee deal for Drew Holiday. So one pick doesn't change the uh, dynamic of the situation because you still have plenty of picks to use for a trade down the line. If Brandon Ingram, Zion, Valanciunas, Devontae Graham, and CJ McCollum are your core, you could down the line trade for somebody else to add to that, and you still have some, you know, younger players with, um, you know, K.R. Lewis Jr., and you have uh, Murphy, who was your draft choice, so there's a lot that they can do moving forward. I like this. This is about an A trade, pretty uh, straightforward, no, um, no issues on that one. They did as good as you can get for them, so we'll go with that. Moving on to our next trade. So two of these trades uh, that we will be finishing off with involved the Indiana Pacers. The first one was a smaller trade, but it was an interesting one, which is the Cavaliers and we have the Pacers. And so for this trade, I'll give you my breakdown on this one uh, for sure. So the Cavaliers basically went out there and they wanted uh, a wing. They wanted some help. And they ended up receiving Carius Levert in a 2022 second-round pick via Miami. Pacers received Ricky Rubio, a first-round pick, lottery-protected, 2022 second via Houston, and a 2022 second via Utah. So this is an interesting move for both sides. I want to give you my um, opinions on both. The Cavaliers, we'll start with that. A-. minus. This is a great trade for them. They added in a wing. They only gave up one first. I do like what Ricky Rubio did for this team, but he's out for the whole year, and so getting someone who can actually help your team uh, is a great situation. I don't know off the top of my head if this gets rid of the $8 million um, injured player exception that the team was awarded for Ricky Rubio. I don't know if that means this gets moved to Indiana. I don't know if it just gets absolved and moved out and just can't be used but the Cavaliers had a traded player exception for the injured Ricky Rubio which is you know eight nine million and now I don't know if that's still there doesn't really matter though Carius Levert is going to fill in your roster greatly and I also feel like they could still go out there and add other pieces they can still go out there and add somebody like a Dennis Schroeder if they want a backup point guard or they could add somebody else to kind of Fill their roster. T.J. McConnell is Indiana Pacers point guard who could be seeing his way out of Indiana. And for the right price, um, there's something to be said that he could be a good piece. So expect the Cavaliers not to be finished because I think, you know, their ideal situation to start was to go out for a backup point guard. And now they really didn't do that with Avert, but they did get a good player with good value. Good 3 and D wing, somebody who can play shooting guard, small forward, good defender. There's nothing I can say wrong with this trade. I think the pick is the pick, and the Cavaliers look like a playoff team, and things look good for them, so this move pushes them forward in this playoff race. It is seemingly very, very crowded, and trying to separate themselves from the pack is what they're trying to do. So this trade deadline, there are a lot of teams that are going to be sort of centered in the middle, and I think for many of them, they will make bigger moves with teams that aren't that good because they want to get a step ahead of everyone else. So be uh, forewarned that could take place where other teams follow in this sort of suit, which could actually help Indiana because they have TJ Warren. They have, like I said, TJ McConnell. They have Miles Turner. So there are playoff potential playoff teams that could go out there and trade for some of these guys. 
Malcolm Brogdon can't get moved, uh, so that's not going to happen. Um, but some of these other guys could get moved. I think this is a great A-minus Cavaliers trade. Pacers. This one, I give them a B. I like this for them because they're getting decent value for Karius Levert. They're getting a pick, two second-round picks, uh, an expiring contract. None of what they're getting is very special, but you're basically clearing the deck of that money, clearing the deck of that contract, and opening up more cap space as a team that's not really competing. So then later on, you can do what many teams do, take on bigger contracts for assets coming in your favor. So a lot of teams that are not planning to be playoff teams, they tend to take on first and second round picks from teams for contracts that just don't work, right? And you do it because you'd rather have the picks than the players, right? The Celtics traded Kemba to the um, OKC Thunder last year for Al Horford because Horford was a contract that was non-guaranteed. It was one less year than Kemba. And the Celtics felt like, yes, we're giving up the 16th pick, but we want to get out of that money. The you know, OKC Thunder were like, we'll take on this contract because we just don't need it, uh, the space. And so we will instead give you um, Horford and we'll take the pick. So they cared more about the draft pick and didn't care that they had to take on an extra like $10 million in salary and also an uh, extra year of salary. Uh, so maybe we see the Pacers do that. They get a B in this trade because maybe they could have gotten an extra second round pick or an extra first round pick from another team. Maybe if they had held out until the deadline day, they could have gotten more. But it's decent value. I don't think it's the worst trade in the world. They get a B because it's solid value for them. And yeah, not going to complain. We're then moving on to the Kings and the Pacers. This was a crazy trade because nobody expected this to take place. There was rumors of Sabonis. Uh, getting traded to Sacramento and at some point you got to stop and think you know what would a package have taken place what would a package have been and I think you know we kind of got our answer here and I think we got a good answer so Sacramento Kings are receiving DeMontis Bonus, Justin Holliday and Jeremy Lamb uh, in a future second round pick from the Pacers and the Pacers receive Buddy Heald, Tristan Thompson and Tyrese Halliburton so this is an interesting uh, trade for sure. Sacramento gets rid of um, a bigger contract in Buddy Heald. They get rid of some of that logjam at the point guard, shooting guard, uh, guard position. They also can add in someone who's an all-star and a great all-star, in my opinion, in Sabonis, who is a perfect fit for this team. And Justin Holliday is a good role player. And Jeremy Lamb gets out of his contract after this year. For the Pacers, Halliburton is the prize for them. Very young, very talented, um, and it's not a bad trade at all. And it's a pretty solid one for me, uh, for sure. So Kings and the Pacers, I'll go with the Kings to start. The Kings get a B-plus for me, and I know a lot of people are ragging on the Kings for what this trade was for them, and ragging on the fact that they got rid of Halliburton. But I'm going to go with a B plus, and I'm going to go in the opposite direction because of this fact. So Sabonis is the perfect star for them. I think he's someone who could stay long term, right? James Harden is a great star, and by no means is Sabonis better than James Harden. But James Harden is somebody who I could see leaving in a year or two from Brooklyn and going somewhere else. Kevin Durant, 
same thing. Superstar level guys, top tier guys, a lot of them I always feel like there is a chance that they could leave potentially in the future. And so to me, this is just my opinion. Sabonis is someone who's an all-star. Not as good as a James Harden, but he's not as likely to leave. And I could see him signing a new contract here and staying here longer than some of these other more top-tier echelon stars above Sabonis. I like um, what he does, and he's someone who could stay for a long time. This trade also clears the jam at uh, the point guard, shooting guard, log jam that they had, you know, before they had... Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, they had uh, Davion Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox. Those were kind of your guards, uh, and you had to basically try to fit in minutes for all of these guys while also trying to fit in minutes with the rest of your roster. Now you have De'Aaron Fox, who's your starter, and you have Davion Mitchell, who could be your starting shooting guard or off the bench as a point guard, and I don't see that as a problem. My guess, and this is just me, is that Justin Holiday is going to be your starting shooting guard. Harrison Barnes will play the three, Sabonis will play the four, and Rashawn Holmes will play the five, with De'Aaron Fox as your point guard. And um, Davion Mitchell comes off the bench in that second unit. But it's a move that gives uh, Davion Mitchell a better chance of succeeding and thriving because he doesn't have to worry about dealing with other players trying to take minutes from him, right? Buddy Heald is a great player, a good three-point shooter, and someone that deserves to get a lot of minutes. Terrence Halliburton, same thing. And for your team, it's a situation in which now you've kind of cleared some of that logjam because it's a better situation long-term for that situation. And I don't think that Davion Mitchell was the best draft choice for them because it's not a position of need, but now he can kind of thrive and flourish a little more. Holiday uh, is someone who was on the trade block, someone who a lot of teams liked. He's a good wing. Um... I do think losing Halliburton hurts, and that's why I really can't go any higher on this, but you know, I think it's a good trade for them. I think it's a solid trade for them, and I'm not going to complain. A lot of people are saying that the Kings lost this trade badly, which um, I don't know if I'd say that at all, but it is a solid trade overall. B-plus, in my opinion. Now, the Pacers are getting an A in my book. Pacers did pretty much everything great, except for one little nugget which is basically Sacramento got rid of a logjam at the guard position. The Pacers did uh, the opposite, which is added to that sort of guard position logjam. Malcolm Brogdon can't get traded till March, so he's sticking around till the offseason. They have a rookie in Chris Duarte, who is probably going to be in your starting lineup at some point, if not already. And now you have Buddy Heald, and you have um, Tyrese Halliburton, right? Buddy Heald could get traded again. I don't know if this trade has actually been officially signed off on, so there is a chance that come deadline day this becomes an expanded three-team deal in which somebody like Buddy Heald gets moved to a third team somewhere else to make uh, this situation better. But if it stays as it is, they have now the same situation that the Kings had, where you have, in this case, the Davion Mitchell, who is Chris Duarte. You have Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald. And then you have the De'Aaron Fox type guy in uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who's obviously the best of the bunch, but doesn't fit their plans long term. Um, I think, you know, De'Aaron Fox is younger and fits the plans of uh, Sacramento much better than Malcolm Brogdon does with Indiana. So at the offseason, I expect Brogdon to get traded, which is an easy move to, to make, especially because teams would be interested. So now you have to carve out extra minutes for all these players, which that's the only knock I have on this trade, but... 
there really isn't any knocks to be honest. They really were somebody who didn't get any picks at all, but got Halliburton, which makes up for that, and then some. To me, this is probably one of the best, if not the best, package you could have gotten for Sabonis, because getting second-round picks and first-round picks is great, but to a lot of uh, people, those picks might not be worth as much, and more importantly, they don't always pan out, right? If you get two picks from Sacramento, and one pick is number 12, and one pick is number 15, those picks, there's a good chance none of them will pan out, and at the end of the day, you're getting two first-round picks, which are basically just glorified role players, or out-of-the-rotation guys, or wasted picks, and you traded away as a bonus. Getting in Halliburton is a true piece, someone who's a good player, someone who's a talent, it's tangible. It's easy to, to see how good he is. And you don't have to worry about these draft picks coming in that are not going to pan out. You have something that has, in his early stages, panned out and is a good addition to your team. Buddy Heald is someone who, in my opinion, is probably going to get moved again. Like I said, Tristan Thompson is someone who is either going to get cut or he'll get moved in another deal. Don't be surprised if this deal is expanded to include a team taking on Tristan Thompson, and a team taking on Buddy Heald. Um, if not, I think Thompson will get, you know, thrown to the side and released, and someone else will pick him up for like $2 million. Uh, but, I mean, this is very, very surprising to me. It's a great trade for the Pacers, and like I said, there is a logjam at that guard position, which is why I can't give it an A+. But I do think that it's a pretty solid trade overall, and it's as good of a trade as the Pacers could get. And so I think this is a great move overall. Now, I want to finish with some Ben Simmons, James Harden rumors just for a minute. So I don't really know with this James Harden, Ben Simmons saga what to believe anymore because there have been countless articles posted saying one thing and then others saying the other. And so I want to kind of go over this just to finish off this podcast. So there were rumors that the uh, Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers were interested in a Ben Simmons-James Harden deal and that the uh, Philadelphia 76ers has in, had engaged with Brooklyn. Brooklyn was interested in hearing them out, trying to get a trade started. And then there were rumors that came out a few uh, weeks later that said, oh, well, nah, uh, 76ers, Daryl Morey called Sean Marks and he declined and they're not interested in a trade at all. And then we get to this situation where a few days after, articles came out saying, okay, well, now Philadelphia and Brooklyn are engaged in trade talks, and Brooklyn is only interested if Seth Curry is involved. So they want the Ben Simmons-James Harden deal, but Seth Curry has to be a piece going to the Brooklyn Nets, which, if that's what they really want, that's not something that I would say holds up this deal, unless you're even more of a whacked uh, person than Daryl Morey. And we don't know if there's more to this uh, wacky nature of Daryl Morey than we know, but if you have an offer which is Ben Simmons, some draft picks, and Seth Curry for James Harden. You're not going to find another top 25 player. Take that and run. But um, there were more rumors recently that came out and said that, well, that's not the case, and they're not interested in making a deal, and it's not going to happen. And then, like, yesterday or the day before, I was reading articles that said Philadelphia side believes that James Harden's not going to resign in Brooklyn over the summer. So... I don't really know what to believe. I don't really know what sources are correct, what sources are right. One source from the Philadelphia side is saying this. One source from the Brooklyn side is saying this. And so I honestly, I just don't know anymore what to believe because 
if some people are saying one thing and some are saying another, it gets to a point where you're kind of just like, well, what is actually going to happen, right? What is going to be the move? Is Ben Simmons going to get traded? Is he not? Is James Harden on the market? Is he not? There are a lot of people who believe that potentially um, James Harden could get traded. There were sources that said that um, Kevin Durant wanted James Harden to stay. Um, I'm, I'm just reading this article now that came out like an hour ago um, from when I'm recording this, and it's on basketball.com, uh, basketball.realgm.com, which said, Net 76ers discussed James Harden for Ben Simmons' trade on Tuesday. Uh, the 76ers in Brooklyn were engaged in trade talks centered around Ben Simmons and James Harden and bickered over pieces to add to a potential deal, according to Keith Pompery of the Philadelphia Inquirer. 76ers are confident they can acquire Harden in the offseason if they do not trade for him by Thursday. Um, and so that is the situation. The Nets have publicly postured saying they're split. Some want to uh, keep him because uh, uh, he's a, a good piece. Some want to trade him now thinking he has quit on his team. So, again, I think that there's going to be a lot more rumors on this end. Uh, ben Simmons, James Harden trade. And I believe that, you know, Ben Simmons is somebody who I think is going to want to go to Brooklyn. And I think it makes a lot of sense for um, for Brooklyn because I feel like if you're going to lose out on James Harden in the offseason, we don't know if he's going to stay or leave, to be honest. And you assume he's going to stay, but we don't know that for sure. I'm honestly kind of feeling like maybe he, he would leave if the right offer came up. So doing some sort of a trade for uh, assets. And again, if they want Seth Curry and, you know, draft picks and Ben Simmons for James Harden, I'm not going to say that's a bad deal. And I'd say take that and run with it if you're Philly and take that and run with it if you're Brooklyn. Because it's better to get something than nothing. And I think they have so much offense that the defense is going to be Ben Simmons, right? Kevin Durant's great on both offense and defense, but he is someone who's uh, an offensive weapon. A lot of their bigs are more offensive bigs than defensive bigs. Obviously, we know about the in, uh, the defensive uh, flaws of Kyrie Irving. Joe Harris is a great shooter. Is he great on defense? Not 100%. So this trade actually gives you defense, right? You don't need a shooter because you have so many, plus you bring in Curry, who's a shooter. So if we do see a trade, and if we do see a trade down the line, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, and I wouldn't be surprised if we do see James Harden get moved at some point uh, during uh, the next day or two before this deadline actually takes place because um, it would be a pretty good trade for both sides. But again, these sources are so contradictory. One says one thing, one says the other. Brooklyn Nets sources are saying, oh, well, he's not going to get traded. Nobody wants to trade him. Philadelphia says, Philadelphia sources say, oh, yeah, there's uh, rumors he could get traded. It looks like it's a close to done deal or, oh, it's something that the Philadelphia 76ers believe that they could actually uh, they could actually get done, and so I feel like the Brooklyn Nets organization is not saying too much as is the Philly organization, but the writers from Brooklyn are trying to say one thing, which is basically what they want to say, which is they don't want James Harden to to leave, and they're making these articles posts that are saying, well, you know, he he's not going to get traded, and then the Philly side wants James Harden, so they're like, oh well, this could get done, and this is what Philly's interested in doing, and this is what Brooklyn's interested. So both sides are trying to project their own sort of opinions. And there is no real truth to these rumors because I feel like 
there's conflicting information, and I feel like the Philly side is saying that things could work out, and the Brooklyn side is saying it's not going to work out. And I think that's just because the Philly writers want James Harden, and they want this Ben Simmons thing to go away. And the Brooklyn side doesn't want to see Ben Simmons come here, and those writers don't want to see James Harden leave. Because you punted on all those draft picks and all the stuff you traded. Granted, Seth Curry and Ben Simmons is a pretty good package. And if you say, we got rid of Jared Allen and Karius Levert and all these draft picks for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry. Uh, and let's say they get two or three first round picks back, which kind of alleviates that situation. You're still in a good spot. Like, the fact is, you got rid of like a bunch of picks and pick swaps. If you do uh, a bunch of picks and, you know, Ben Simmons and Seth Curry... Uh, that's a pretty good return, and you can argue that that helps your team a lot more than James Harden does because you already have two stars who can shoot, plus other shooters. doesn't really make sense having Ben Simmons uh, on Philly because he doesn't want to be there. It's better having him in Brooklyn. Granted, um, for Ben Simmons, he is someone who um, hasn't played this whole season, but I do think he's the perfect piece for them. So I think this is going to get done at some point because I think Brooklyn hasn't gotten assurances that James Harden's going to stick around, and I think there are some sources that are saying he could potentially get moved, and I honestly think the inside sources know a lot more, and I think that Brooklyn's wavering on their assurances that he's going to be here next season, because he hasn't re-signed, and so he could be a free agent and go somewhere else. I think the mindset in Brooklyn should be, let's get some tangible assets, because Ben Simmons is under contract, Seth Curry's there, and then you can kind of be like, you know what, if... James Harden leaves, that's not our problem anymore, right? Philly has to take the chance of James Harden staying. And if Philadelphia gets close to a championship with James Harden and Joel Embiid, then maybe that'll keep James Harden around. But, you know, Philadelphia is in an interesting spot because let's say they do trade James for James Harden and he leaves in a year because he's like, yeah, I don't really want to be here. This isn't my team. This isn't what I want to do. Yes, there's a, you know, Daryl Morey, James Harden connection, but... If James Harden doesn't stick around after this year, you kind of got screwed. And Brooklyn kind of saved themselves just a little bit. Because Kyrie and uh, Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons is a good big three, in my opinion.